0: This program provides content related to educational, medical, and psychological topics. As such, listening to the program implies your acceptance of this disclaimer. Guess what, Healing Arts Podcast has been nominated for a Coalition of Visionary Resources Award as one of the best spiritual podcasts. Thank you so much for supporting my show and for listening to the program. I would love it if you would vote for the show And the other nominees I have this year is Past Lives in Ancient Lands and Other Worlds was nominated as the best book in past life regression. And Journeys Through the Akashic Records was nominated as one of the best self-help books. And so I've got the links below. I would love it if you would take a moment to vote for me. I would be so grateful. And if you complete the screens on the survey, hit the complete button and take a screenshot, you can email me at Shelly at ShellyCare.com. And I will give you a free guided imagery journey that you can enjoy to say thank you for voting for my books and for this Healing Arts podcast. Thanks for listening to the show. I look forward to joining you for season 15, which will be coming up soon. And in the meantime, thanks for your vote. Hey friends, have you wanted to access the Akashic Records, but had no idea how to do that? Well, guess what? My new book Journeys Through the Akashic Records will take you step by step through the process so that you can access other realms of consciousness for your own healing and transformation. This book will show you how to open the door to this wellspring of information meet with your spirit guides, do present life healing, psychic protection, go out into the field of possibilities to access your higher soul's purpose, meet your guides and helpers, your soul group, and so much more. Again, over 50 guided journeys await you as you access the Akashic Records and receive information that is personal to you for your healing and self-transformation. Check out the book now. Just go over to my website, pastlifelady.com, click on the book link, and order today. Welcome to Healing Arts. I'm your host, Dr. Shelley Care. Hey, dear one. Happy New Year. It's hard to believe it's 2023, but here we are. So I want to welcome you to Season 14 of the Healing Arts Podcast. And so we're going to be doing things a little bit differently Um, during Season 14. For the first time, I am doing a Best of Healing Arts. So what we're going to do is go back to some of my all-time favorite interviews That I've done over the last two and a half years, and I'll be revisiting those. And in the first half of the show, I'm going to be introducing a new segment called Book Talk. Basically, I am done with some of my projects from my publisher, Llewellyn. And so we're going to go back to some of my earlier books. And several of my early books are now on Audible. And so I decided to do a new series where I'm going to talk to my Audible narrator, and we're going to talk about some of these early books that I recorded for your listening pleasure, and where possible, you know, my my eBooks for some of my early books are very reasonably priced. They're usually not more than a few dollars, and so you'll have a chance to just hear what those are about, and maybe you'll be interested in some of those. And I'll tell you why we're doing things like this. I've been telling you for uh, months, literally, that I have been working on a new book, a very long book, and I just found out that that book is going to be coming out in December of 2023. I am not ready quite yet to disclose what it's about because it's still top secret, but Llewellyn always makes me talk about these very, very early, so I can promise you that it will include a past life regression, genealogical regression, and the book itself is over 100,000 words long. It's almost 500 pages long. It's the longest thing I've ever written. And it required several rounds of editing. And so I was expecting the final round to come back to me and that I was gonna be working on that in January, right now, right? But um, they came back to me early And so I had to turn that revision in, and I just didn't want to come into the new year still working on it. So I was literally on New Year's Eve this year, or last year, I guess it's already last year, I was sitting and watching one of those uh, New Year's Eve TV shows, working on this book, and I turned in the final revision at 1151 p.m. on December 31st. Of 2022 so it got turned in they got back to me they've given me a release date and so i will be talking about that a lot later this year but because i've literally had no time to reach out to new guests i thought it might be fun to pick 14 to celebrate season 14. of my very very favorite interviews with some of the celebrities that we've talked to and so it's so funny you know when you go back to youtube i'm going to be re-releasing these on youtube and back in the old days i really loved to sit in my little velvet cubicle <laughs> and i look like i was sitting in a bat cave when i was talking to some of these people and then i evolved into some colored cloth and then finally when i started working with the shift network which what unbelievably that was like a year ago They were like, look, you can't sit in a bat cave and talk to people. I really liked my bat cave, though. I thought it was cool because I really am a huge fan of radio. And you always think about a radio announcer just sitting in some little cubicle. So when you go back and watch these videos again, you're going to see how the show really has evolved and changed over time, which is what I'm always talking about, right? Life always changes and evolves Over time. So, we're going to be taking a a look like a blast into our past, into the past of the show, um, reviewing some of my favorite people who I've loved talking to. And so, this series of 14 episodes then is going to run us into April. And that's going to give me plenty of time because I've got some interesting guests I'm going to be reaching out to who will be in alignment with this new book that I'm putting out in December. Um, People we've just never heard from people like these before and I think you're going to like it So look for some new episodes in April. But meanwhile, we are giving you some new content here in that i'm going to be talking to my narrator cassandra arnold and We did a series. It was super fun talking to her And um, I hope you'll enjoy it I'm going to be taking a look at some of my very very early books that I think people probably don't even know about or don't remember because You know, Llewellyn likes me to promote those titles, and those are my newer ones, so obviously I'm very excited about all those, but I do have some interesting early books, and so I hope you'll enjoy hearing about some of those and learning more about them. So what we're going to do now to introduce this new segment I'm calling Book Talk, I've got two short videos for you. These are really short videos anyway. Um, and then we're going to take a break, a commercial break, and when we come back, we'll get into Neil Donald Walsh, who is going to be the guest this week. And then I've got fun guests uh, in store for you throughout this whole year uh, as we move into April. Alrighty, so just know that I'm sending you lots of love and prayers. I hope you are entertained by some of this stuff as we move into season fourteen. I want to thank you again for supporting this show. Um, and encouraging me to keep going with it. I do it for you. Believe me, I hope it's helpful. And you know, sometimes when we do go back and review things from the past, it it helps to stimulate ideas that maybe we had back then that we forgot about. And it's a great time at the beginning of the year to get going on some new thinking. So let's settle in and enjoy this first segment called Book Talk and my interview with the phenomenal Neil Donald Walsh. Hey friends, I hope you're having a wonderful day. So I'm here today with a new segment I'm going to call Book Talk. And guess whose books we're gonna be talking about? Mine, yes, that's right. So I do interview a lot of other authors on the show um, and I am in the middle of doing a lot of books for my wonderful publisher, who you know I love and adore, Llewellyn Worldwide. However, I have a lot of books out there that came out starting in the early, early 2000s. And so I am joined in this short series by my fabulous audiobook editor, Cassandra Arnold. Cassandra, welcome.
1: Hi, thank you.
0: So I saw Cassandra online several years ago. We have been a an audiobook making machine for the last few years, ever since the pandemic hit. And so we have a ton of audiobooks. A lot of my books are in Audible now. And so we're going to have the links below, but we just want to do a short series where each week we're going to talk about one of the books that we've done. We'll have the links and we're just going to answer a few questions and have a short conversation about it. So I hope that you will join us. And so since um, Cassandra and I first met, she's been on the Healing Arts podcast before, but you've done a lot of work since then. I am shocked. It's amazing. So tell us about some of the things you're working on and, and what
1: else going on with you. Well, let's see. Right now I have about a hundred and I want to say 115 that are available right now for sale. And I've got about 10 or so that are in my queue that I'm working on right now. So I'm currently working on um, a Jeff Strand book. It's an older book, it's uh, called Mandibles. And he is great. He writes these wonderful comedic horror, you know, types of stories, lots of dialogue, which I really like because it's, you know, kind of acting, a little bit of acting abilities coming through there. Um, I'm also working on one of your books, The Past Lives with Pets, and that's been going great. I'm up to chapter two on that one. And yeah, just keeping busy, going into my booth every single night to record, and my poor husband has to cook his own dinners and clean the house and take care of the pets. And <laughs> so he boring. sounds wonderful.
0: speaking of your husband I swear I think I need to send him a gift card and a thank you note because some of my material when you and I first got together I mean I have weird words I have very strange (laughs) concepts and so just tell him I said thank you very much for allowing you to grace me with your presence
1: (laughs) oh my gosh you know we've had the most interesting conversations about your books Um, you know, we, we get into a lot of, uh, a lot of, um, religious and, you know, spiritual conversations, sometimes different opinions and things like that. And it seems like I'm always referencing something I've read that you've done in in those conversations. So.
0: And he's going, who is this wacky lady? Um, the first time you were on the show, we were talking about like when we were doing a lot of the recording of these, Mm -hmm. I write all these quacky words, some of which I've made up. And then mm-hmm. i don't know how to pronounce them i mean you know i'm writing them down and so we had to yeah. go through a lot of these different things but now you're learning to speak this strange language
1: i okay. am i am i think that the most difficult one for me was the one you wrote when you were uh, when you were in hawaii that was probably the most difficult one.
0: Oh, oh <laughs> we're going to be talking about that book <laughs> yeah, so stay tuned kids <laughs> if you want to hear some fun words But yeah, we made it through all that. And then now I'm just to the point where um, sometimes I just say, you know what? I don't, apparently I don't know how things are pronounced. I definitely (laughs) found out that I was doing it wrong maybe for many
1: years. So Well, I have this awesome proofer. She's an editor. She's an author. I pay her to listen to every single word that I record. And let me tell you, she catches things that I didn't even think were wrong and she'll correct me my pronunciations and things like that so yes good team best move i ever made hiring her so <laughs> hopefully in the future no one will doubt the pronunciation of things. <laughs> yes if they
0: hear me on youtube though they can theoretically still doubt the pronunciation All right, right. <laughs> coming out of my mouth because obviously i don't always know what the right thing is um so i want to point out also friends so we're going to be doing several episodes of this each episode we'll talk about one of our audible books and we are filming this in january of 2023 so we are wearing the same clothes every week <laughs> until april But we have other things in our closets. I just wanted to let you know that. I'm always worried, like if I do a lot of media interviews, which I do, I was like, okay, what did I wear last time? Or what am I doing? So I just, for those of you who pay attention to stuff like that, that's what's happening here. This is a television series. And it's a one-time thing. So (laughs) there it is, black. That's all good.
1: Luckily, the hair looks okay today. So, yeah. good choice.
0: because everyone's gonna be sticking with this for a while. So, all right, so we welcome you to Book Talk and um, we hope you will check out these books on Audible. I love listening to audiobooks. it's so relaxing. And especially if you're doing some of my books that have guided imagery in them because Cassandra puts music behind them and you know she has a wonderful voice. So she's doing a great job. So thank you so much for doing such a great job with my books. It's been a joy to work with you so far and I'm excited about the future.
1: Thank you. It's been great. I love it.
0: And we'll have uh, Cassandra's website details where you can find all of the different things she's narrated in the show notes every single week. And so we welcome you now to Book Talk. (laughs) Hey there, my dear friends. Welcome to the next episode of Book Talk. I'm here with my friend Cassandra Arnold, my fabulous Audible audiobook editor, and we're talking about my books. And so today, we're going to talk about my book called With This Ring, Making the Ultimate Commitment to Yourself. And in this series, we're this is a very short series, we're only going to answer a couple of questions. One, why did I write the book? And what is it about? And then we're going to get Cassandra's feedback on what she thought of some of this wacky material (laughs) as a reader. (laughs) So um, I wrote this book with this ring, you know, I've done a lot of private sessions with people over the years, and you know that people are having relationship problems. This is a biggie. And so for myself and others, I feel like when we're in the middle of a relationship, if it's going wonderfully, that's fine. But if if something happens and we break up, there's that in-between space where you're alone. And this space is very hard for a lot of people to deal with because they feel like they need to go find someone else. And then if it's not working out, then this can become the source of a lot of angst. And so I, I am one of those people like that. Like I would think, oh my gosh, you know, I wish I could go find someone. And I really feel like we talk about the law of attraction and things like that. So the more calm and peaceful you are within yourself, then the more likely you are to attract the kind of person that you might want to actually be with. And so I decided to conduct an experiment for myself to bring myself more inner peace, where I basically (laughs) bought myself a moissanite ring. Moissanite gemstones, fans, is that um, artificially grown diamond. And I've got, I actually have a surprise for you kids. Guess what? I pulled this thing out of the jewelry box. So I bought this moissanite ring, probably for $49 or something. And so then in this book with this ring, I actually show you how you can, I tell you some funny stories, of course. And then I show you how you can just make a little commitment ceremony to yourself. And if it makes you feel better to feel like you're in a commitment, you you do your little ceremony and you just put a ring on it. And you out there might think, my gosh, that's the silliest thing I've ever heard of in my life. It's not silly for some of us who love love, you know, just again, also I talk a lot about the fact that we don't really know what we want because when we're with another person, we're so busy compromising that sometimes we forget. Like if I said, well, what do you want to have for dinner tonight? Where do you want to go eat? And you were by yourself. You'd be like, well, I don't know. You know, maybe you always went to the barbecue place, but you really want a Chinese. So the book is asking you to go into yourself and spend some time loving yourself by taking yourself on a date or thinking about what you might wanna do while you're in this self-committed energy. And then when you're in that kind of an energetic space, because it's really about energetics, then you're not like, oh, I've gotta go find someone, I've gotta go find someone. And so that's such a better space to be in because as they say, which I think it's true, is when you're not looking, that's when it shows up for you. And so it's really born out of, like I said, my personal experience, but a lot of clients have these kinds of issues. So now we're going to talk to our reader narrator. So um, what do you think about, you, you have a wonderful husband again, like I said, who I want to thank for letting you be with us so much. Um, so what do you think about this? Have you found that you have friends like this or, or what do you think?
1: Well, you know, when I first started prepping this book and reading it, I, at first the concept was a little strange to me. And then, you know, after I read it, I thought to myself, you know, it really is true. You have to love yourself before someone else can truly love you. That's what I took away from it. And I loved your funny stories. I love the fact that when you put a ring on, automatically, for some reason, when you're out in public, you become desirable. <laughs> like what 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 they um, they want, what they can't have, kind of situation. <laughs> but which which I just thought was was. Oh, that was pretty hysterical. Anyway, I love the book. I really did. It was an easy read. It was um, lots of interesting ideas, things that if I were single, this is what I would be doing. You know, um, yeah, I don't really have, I have a couple of single friends, but you know who I actually gave this book to to read was my mother. She's been through three failed marriages. Um, she always had to have a man in her life. She, never had that sense of independence since she was 17 years old. And so, you know, for the first time in her life now, she's in her sixties, mid sixties, and she's single and she plans on staying that way. And she's really, truly committed to loving herself. And, you know, I told her, I said, you know, you should put on one of your old wedding rings, you know, (laughs) marry yourself this time. I love it. I love the idea wow, I have
0: not heard this before, friends, Mm -hmm. this is incredible, that's Mm -hmm. amazing, because I, I don't know, I, I am one that, I talk about this in the book, I love love, like, I love the Hallmark channel, I think, oh, it's hearts and flowers, everything's wonderful, and so there's just a feeling of knowing your whole within yourself that Mm -hmm. I think gets, I don't know, instilled in you when you're in a relationship, for some Mm -hmm. people. Yeah, oh, I'm amazed that your mother's doing so well, and I'm happy to hear it. I I did have one more thing I want to show. Yes, so you, know, you can go look at these. I <laughs> I bought these at the dollar store. There's five of them, so in this package, that means two couples could get married, and then one person could marry themselves all <laughs> for a dollar. I mean, that's incredible, people. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, that has been our episode of Book Talk. So if you've had fun this time, stay tuned for our next episode. And we will have um, our links below and also the links to all of the wonderful audiobooks that my friend Cassandra has narrated. Until next time, this has been Book Talk. Thank you. We'll be right back. guess what my new book past lives in ancient lands and other worlds understand your soul's journey through time is out and available and you can order this book and visit ancient civilizations including prehistory hunter-gatherers mesopotamia babylon the persian empire egypt greece europe the americas rome Asia, and Australia, and travel into other worlds, including Atlantis and Lemuria, outer space, and so much more. This book features over 50 guided journeys to help you understand your soul's journey through time. So check it out. Visit my website, pastlifelady.com, click on the book link, and order Past Lives in Ancient Lands and Other Worlds today. Thank you so much. Welcome back to Healing Arts. I'm your host, Dr. Shelley Kerr. You can visit me online at www.pastlifelady.com. Hey, welcome back from the break. So, as promised, we're going to begin the best of healing art series. And today I am interviewing the phenomenal Neil Donald Walsh. I met Neil Donald Walsh many years ago. We spoke at this conference together. So, it was super cool that I had a chance to interview him for my podcast this time. Had not seen him in years, and he's doing some amazing work as usual. I think all of us have always loved his books, Conversation with God. And and so in this episode, he's going to talk about one of his newer books. So I hope you enjoy it. So let's get ready to check out Neil Donald Walsh. <laughs> Hi friends, welcome to another episode of Healing Arts. So I am completely thrilled today because we have Neil Donald Walsh on the show who is one of the most beloved authors of our time. Neil has written 39 books now, including one of all of our favorites, the Conversations with God series. His work has been translated into 37 languages. And I have just read his latest book called The God Solution, which came out in December. It is important. And let me tell you something. I don't know what all Neil and I are going to get into today, but you need this book. And I know you're going to find that out the more we talk about this. Neil, welcome to Healing Arts.
2: Thank you so much. What a lovely way to be introduced. I'm not sure I deserve half of those words, but I'm going to receive them humbly and gratefully. And it's really wonderful to be here with you. Thank you.
0: Thank you. You know, I love the book. I love your, I've always loved your style. You have a conversation with the reader and here in the God solution, you're asking readers a question, you're just putting it out there and then this kind of starts the course for the whole book. And so let's start there. How did this idea and this question form that led you to write this amazing book?
2: Well, it's interesting. The question itself was uh, was my wife's idea uh, i was i began um, I didn't really start off to write a book actually um, i I began last August uh, to write an article for an online platform. They had asked me to write it, just write a brief article about global circumstances today and so forth, the application of spiritual truth. And so I, I agreed to do the article. And as I began to write the article, I, 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 began, I realized that I was saying more and more and more and more and before I knew it. I had a, a short book. It was not really a thick book, it's a very thin book, but it's certainly larger than could be included in an online article, in a magazine, in an in a online or in a print media magazine. So I realized, okay, I've written, I've written a book here, inadvertently, but how it happened was, I started off my article with the question, what's, what good does it do to have a God? If God really exists, if there really is a God in the world, what's the point? What what good does it do? Look at the world. The world's a mess. Yes. What What is it we don't understand? Uh, why isn't God you know, doing something about it? Or what's the point of having a God? And why don't the world's religions find themselves to be more effective in helping us to solve our global challenges? What, what what's, what's wrong here? There's something that's not adding up. There's something that doesn't mesh. I realized that, um, and I point out in the book, that um, surveys have shown over the past 25 or 30 years that, and I was, by the way, I was surprised when I saw this statistic. I didn't realize uh, that these numbers were that high, but surveys have been taken in all of the cultures and all of the continents on the planet, asking the question, Do you believe in God or some sort of higher power? Eight out of 10 people worldwide, that's 80% of the human race believes in some sort of higher power. We may not agree on the fine print, but we agree on the larger concept that there is more going on here than meets the eye and that there is a higher power. As a result, of that level of agreement, we now have on the earth, I've also discovered through my research, 4,300 individual religions. 4,300 organized faith traditions on the earth as we're speaking. Now with that kind of an energetic movement, you would think that we would certainly solve some of the problems that are created by our inability to get along we can't we can't even get along we we, right. we, we, have, we have world leaders bullying each other and bragging to each other about who has the bigger missiles and who has the bigger the more power to destroy the other country and you know wagging our fingers you know at each other both globally politically economically spiritually yes even spiritually wagging our fingers at each other's if you don't believe in the right way you're going to hell and and so we have created hell on earth because even with 4300 religions we can't simply agree on some basic elements with regard to god and so i try to make the point my friend that our belief in a higher power is not enough It's what we believe about that higher power that creates life on earth the way it is. And here's what we believe so far. That is, most people. Most people believe that God is separate from us, that God's up here, up here somewhere, and that we're down here. Furthermore, most people believe that God has requirements of us. Either we do what God wants and needs for us to do, or God's need for us to do it is so great that God will punish us with everlasting damnation in the fires of what's called Hades or hell if we don't obey God's commands. And so we have allowed ourselves to be influenced, deeply influenced in our social, economic, and political and spiritual interactions by this notion that we have a God who judges, Mm -hmm. condemns, and punishes. That gives us the moral authority, you see, to judge, condemn, and punish each other. Mm -hmm. And so we behave as we imagine God is behaving. Hey, if it's good enough for God, it's good enough for us. The result of which is we have become a very judgmental civilization. I've never seen such judgmental action on the planet as I'm seeing now. I've never seen such alienation. We have produced a level of alienation. You know, blacks and whites, gays and straights men and women conservatives and liberals rich and poor you know people of different nationalities what is going on on the planet where everybody feels separate at some level from everybody else and not just separate but alienated they're the problem they're the problem if you weren't acting the way you're acting if you weren't doing what you're doing if you weren't saying what you're saying the world would be a better place but i'll get you i'll get you and that's the world we're starting to live in we even have we even had world leaders i mean presidents of countries speaking that way not just people on the street but people who are supposedly leading their nations are now talking this way. So I see that we have an enormous, enormous problem on the planet. And the only thing that I think could solve it is the God Dilemma. Now, to answer your question directly, how did I come up with this notion of writing a book that would ask a question? I was writing this article and my wife came into the room. I was sharing with her, of course, you know, what I'm writing about. and I gave her a few pages to read, see what she thought. And she said to me, she came into the room at one point, and she said, you know, I have an an idea. What do you think the world would be like if everybody could create their own religion? I know we have 4,300 religions, but they all have different beliefs. Do you think it's possible for people to actually come to an agreement about at least some basic understandings regarding God? And what would the world be like if you could create your own religion and I could create my own religion and she could create her own religion. And I said, "Wow, yeah. what a question!" So I took that question and brought it. In, yeah, I, I took that question and brought it into um, the article that I was writing. And I asked the reader, "Hey, if you could, if you would, were suddenly named, you know, uh, chief operating officer of the world, and you could create your own religion, let me ask you a couple of questions," I said. Would your religion say that anyone else who doesn't belong to it would be condemned to everlasting damnation? Do you think that would make it a a better place to live on the earth or not such a good place to live? Let me ask you another question. If you could start your own religion, would your religion insist that everyone have the same sexual orientation, the same sexual preference, And would you condemn people to everlasting damnation if they did not? And would that make the world a better place or not such a friendly place in which to live? If you could create your own religion, would you think that it's okay not to even sell a wedding cake to somebody? Because the people who are getting married are the same gender, the same sex? Would that make the world a better place or not such a good place? I began asking rhetorical questions like that in the writing, and I realized, you know what? These are the questions that need to be placed in front of humanity. And not just about certain certain experiences, but the rich and the poor. Conservative and liberal, as I said. People of different skin colors, people of different nationalities. What kind of religion would it take to bring us together once again, as we were at the beginning, when we didn't make the differences between us so incredibly alienating. And I decided to ask a fundamental question. Is it possible that we've got God all wrong? Maybe we need a brand new definition of God. What if we all got together and agreed on a new definition of God and what if we decided to name God or to define God with two words we don't need to get you know books this thick and an enormous you know philosophies and theologies what what if we just agreed on two words to define God what if we said that God is you ready yes pure love Now, people have said to me when I I present this idea in public, well, of course, everyone agrees God is love. Of course, God is love. That's the one thing we do agree on, God is love. I said, no, 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 wait a minute. I didn't say God is love. I said, God is pure love. There's a difference. That's a certain kind of love. And so my audience members say, well, what's the difference? And then I share with them. Oh, I see, we're so not used to experiencing pure love that we don't even know the definition. Pure love is a love that needs, hopes for, expects, wants, and certainly demands nothing in return. Pure love is a love that's fulfilled at the highest level and brings the greatest joy to the lover simply from the expression of it without getting anything in return. And someone in the audience might stand up and say, inevitably, in my most recent lectures, somebody will say, wow, human beings, you know, that's beyond human beings ability. I say, really? Have you ever held a baby in your arms? Have you ever had a baby that was yours, your own child? six-week-old, what do you require back from that child in order to love it, completely love it, that you'd almost give your life for it if you had to? Right. And then they say, well, that's a different story. I see you're talking about a baby. I said, well, (laughs) that's how God sees us. We are God's children. And we are, by the way, the children of the universe. A very young species I want to say emotionally and spiritually immature species so God loves us as we would love our children God and we've all there are people who've had the same kind of love I don't want to make a comparison directly but to just let them know have you ever loved a dog or a cat or a pet if right. you ever had a horse that you've just loved that horse so much and you expect nothing back from it you just love it to pieces just the way it is This is called unconditional love. If we can agree that God is pure love, a God that needs, wants, requires, and demands nothing in return for giving its love to us, then we have found our way to free ourselves from this belief that we have held. We have finally freed ourselves from the oppression of our belief in a violent angry and vindictive deity and we can then free ourselves from our own violent angry and vindictive species because we no longer have to imitate and model our behaviors on this god who we think is violent, angry, and vindictive. By the way, if you don't think that we believe in a violent God, the Bible, just to use one classic example, there are many classic examples, but if you read the Bible with a calculator from beginning to end, you will find that over one million people have been condemned to death and torture by an angry and vindictive God. So the scriptures tell us.
0: Oh my goodness.
2: So. I I want to just share one example uh, that I put in the book. I was born and raised a Roman Catholic. Now, I'm not Catholic bashing, so don't get all upset. about. This is not about bashing anybody. It's just my life experience. At the age of seven, as a Catholic child in a Catholic parochial school, I was told that I must go to Mass on Sunday. Well, I went to Mass every Sunday when I was seven and eight and nine years old. But I remember a couple of times when I was nine years old, I thought, you know, maybe just this one Sunday, I'm gonna go to the playground and play baseball, play, have a little softball game with the rest of the kids. And even though it's the same time as Mass, I can miss Mass this Sunday. It's not that big of a deal. So I would miss Mass and go play baseball. Then I was told when I was nine years old in catechism class, if you miss Mass, on Sunday, without an excuse, maybe you have to care for a sick parent, or maybe you're an older person, you have to go to work. Fair enough. But if you don't have a good excuse, if you miss mass without an excuse, and then you should die, maybe get hit by a car, you know, a terrible accident or whatever, and you die with that sin on your soul, missing mass last Sunday, you're going to hell. damnation for missing mass. And so as I got to be a little older person, I began thinking about this. Is this really, is this really how God operates? I mean, somebody help me understand. Is this what we call divine justice? And then a priest straightened me out. He said, well, Neil, you know, you're exaggerating. God wouldn't send you to, to hell if you miss mass on Sunday. He would probably send you to purgatory. I said, "What? what's purgatory? He said, well, it's like, it's like hell, only it's not forever. And so you're only in purgatory until you burn off your sins and become purified enough to return to God in heaven. But venial sins, in other words, you know, small potatoes, you, you know, uh, c- c- small little tiny sins, c- uh, celestial misdemeanors, are not punishable <laughs> by going to hell. You, you're only sent to purgatory, until, and, and until until you are purified through through the fires of purgatory.
0: But that doesn't sound like a lot of fun either to a kid, you know, really. Well,
2: to an adult, forget about a kid. <laughs> You know, I mean, because I, and I asked the priest, I really said, I said, Father, everyone said that my grandmother, my, my mommy's mom, my grandma was just a saint, a walking saint. Everyone said she was a walking saint. Did she go right to heaven? Did she ever have to go to purgatory? And the priest said, well, son, you know, I, don't, I can't make a judgment about it, but my observation of human beings is that nobody is perfect everybody has committed some offenses so your your grandmother probably went you know to purgatory for a, a time because there's no no nobody's perfect on earth and i got real worried i was a young boy how long do you think how long was she in purgatory suffering the fires for her little misdemeanors for her small offenses and the priest said well son you know if you, if you want to go down and drop a little quarter into the box and, and light a candle for your mother and say a prayer, you know, you, you can, you, your mother, can her, her time in purgatory can be reduced. I was, I was actually trained to think of a God who will reduce a person's punishment in purgatory, depending upon if enough people prayed for them to get out of purgatory. But of course, you can't get out of hell. Hell, you can't get out of. Once you're sent to hell, you're there forever. And if you, by the way, happen to be gay, you're going to hell forever. There's no question about that. Yeah. Uh, to, to just to make a point. So I notice how the world is experiencing itself. My dogs are going crazy upstairs because they're it's hearing me easy. talk this way. And, and they're really nervous about whether have, I'm going to like get, get away with this. Yes, I do. Yeah, I love my my dogs unconditionally because you can tell they're barking up the wrong tree.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, the thing about it, um, your stories about your time in the Catholic church kind of spoke to me as well. Um, My parents raised me Methodist, but when I was a little kid, they decided that they didn't wanna take me to church anymore because they, as you've said, how can this God that we're supposed to believe in is gonna damn all of these people but we're okay i mean that just doesn't make any sense and so i think that you know i think most of the people in the western world you know we've all had different religious upbringings that for some will evolve to the state of saying this just doesn't simply make any sense we're not better one group is how long better than how long
2: would them. that take though these religions have been around for thousands of years hundreds of thousands of years in some cases so the question becomes how long will that take and will the world survive until it gets cleared up
0: yeah that's or it we don't we... have time
2: no hello time is running out so what we need is the god's solution yes we need a new way of thinking about god because it will give us a new way of thinking about ourselves and that will produce a new global ethic a new global ethic that can be overlaid on our political, our social, our economic, and our spiritual constructions on this planet so that we could finally interact with each other in a new way, in a way which is a constant demonstration of pure love. It's incomprehensible to me in the pandemic, the likes of which we're experiencing now, that some of the poorer nations of the world are having difficulty finding access to the solutions to this problem, including the vaccine, because the vaccines are being bought up by the richer nations of the world. How could a world of people who were compassionate and understood that we are all one allow such a thing to happen? To say nothing of all the other things that are happening every day on our planet, that show a total, complete lack of compassion, understanding, and love from one person to another. What, what kind of a world is it where we refuse to give a person a job because of the color of their skin? What kind of a world do we live in? And what would it take? People have said to me in my in my uh, lectures and things, we have when it question and answer time, they would say, Neil, you believe in God. You wrote a book called Conversations with God. Why would God allow such things to occur on the earth? And I said, you know, funny you should ask. God was asking me the same question. Why would you allow such things to take place on earth? It's not God's job to intervene and stop us from doing what we want to do. It's God's desire to empower us and all sentient beings in the universe to do and to create what we choose to do and to create. So God is the great empowerer, but not the great dictator who tells us you will do this or else. Look how far that's gotten us. Not very. So I wrote the book called The God Solution out of an article that I began to write out of a question that my wife asked me what would it be like if we all could create our own religion and that's what I invite people to consider here today who are watching this video if you could create your own religion if you were like you know chairman of the board or president of the world for the next 200 years and the world had to do whatever you say what kind of religion would you create or would you create any religion at all And how would you allow people to learn how to use the metaphysical power that is inherent in the universe? Let that be our question for the day. And those questions are answered to the best of my ability in The God Solution, including the second half of the book, which is an instruction book on how to use metaphysics to manifest the individual and collective realities that we would desire.
0: Absolutely. Friends, Neil has taken us in this book. You have to get this. He's going to talk to you in a conversation, take you through this process that makes a very subtle shift in your thinking. And yes, what kind of religion are you going to create? And so you walk away, Neil, with this answer within you that requires, yes, some attention, obviously, some purpose consciously creating things, as you've said in the book, rather than having them happen to us. But I really believe this is a solution. It's amazing. And I'm just so glad you wrote this book. I'm glad this turned into a book rather than an article. Although I'm sure your article would have been wonderful, but this is amazing. And I I just can't say enough about it. I love it.
2: Thank you so much for those words. And I'm really grateful to hear them and, and for your willingness to share them with others. Because I agree with you, not because, you know, um, I authored the book, the book is really given to me in a sense. It just kind of flowed through me. So, uh, but I'm grateful because I do agree with you. I think that if we simply change a few fundamental ideas, just some fundamental ideas about who we are and what life is about and how it all really works, we could shift the reality on our planet without being an alarmist but before it's too late we shouldn't need a 17 year old girl called Greta Thunberg to run around to the world's leaders and stand in front of the world's legislative bodies begging with tears in her eyes begging the world's leaders please please surely you must see that we have a climate crisis can't we come to an agreement on how to solve it to name just one of the many areas in which our collaborative creation could reduce the challenges we're facing virtually overnight. All we have to do is find a solution to the ideas that are driving our experience. That's why I called it the God solution.
0: It's amazing, Neil, I love it. So, to reach out to Neil, you can check out his website at Neil Donald Walsh, N-E-A-L-E Donald W-A-L-S-C-H com. And you're on Facebook as well, right? Yes,
2: yes, we have uh, almost a million followers on Facebook uh, and we post there every day
0: wonderful well it has been a joy to have you on the show i say thank you for writing this book thank you for listening thank you for bringing it through it's gonna well, by the way
2: speaking of facebook i have posted the entire book on facebook for free anybody who wants anybody who wants to read it not now of course facebook won't let you put a whole book up at once so i put it up in excerpts you know like four or five paragraphs at a time so you have to you know, really be committed to reading a little bit each day. But every day I post an excerpt from the book so that if a person says, well, I, I can't buy the book or I can't get the book where I am, you can, everybody can go on Facebook and you can read the book there as well. So it's one of five books that I have published that I've made available uh, online for people to read at no cost whatsoever. So I'm hoping that people will give themselves permission one way or the other to become familiar with the God solution.
0: Absolutely. Neil, it's a joy to connect with you. I highly recommend the God solution. And I love the idea of just taking it a piece at a time because the questions he's gonna ask you friends, you're just gonna sit with them. You're gonna make some changes and we can do this. I still believe in this. I'm with you, Neil. We got this, but we just need a shift. And the God solution is a solution. So,
2: thank you, my friend. I'm glad to hear those words from you. And I join you in uh, what you're sharing with all of us. Blessing.
0: Blessings. All right, dear ones, until next time, I hope you have a blessed week and take care. Namaste. All right, dear one, so I hope you've had an enjoyable time listening to all of this, and I hope you have a wonderful week. I wish you a happy new year. I hope things are going well for you. I know we're still in the middle of a lot of challenging times on a lot of different fronts, but just know you're in my thoughts and prayers. I wish you well. Happy new year, and let's hope we can start getting out and seeing each other again and moving forward in a very wonderful way as we move into this new year. There's lots of hope for a better new year than the year we had before, and I certainly wish that for you. So have a wonderful week, and I can't wait to see you next time on the next episode of Healing Arts. Guess what? Healing Arts Podcast has been nominated for a Coalition of Visionary Resources Award as one of the best spiritual podcasts. Thank you so much for supporting my show and for listening to the program. I would love it if you would vote for the show And The other nominees I have this year is past lives in ancient lands and other worlds was nominated as the best book in past life regression and Journeys through the Akashic Records was nominated as one of the best self-help books And so I've got the links below. I would love it if you would take a moment to vote for me I would be so grateful and if you complete the screens on the survey hit the complete button and take a screenshot, you can email me at Shelly at com, And I will give you a free guided imagery journey that you can enjoy to say thank you for voting for my books and for this Healing Arts podcast. Thanks for listening to the show. I look forward to joining you for season 15, which will be coming up soon. And in the meantime, thanks for your vote. friends would you like to heal your ancestors to heal your life well you can do just that with my book by the same name that will teach you my genealogical regression process so that you can send love and light to your ancestors and by learning a few simple techniques you will begin to feel the benefits of that healing resonating through yourself and your entire family past present and future check out my book, Heal Your Ancestors to Heal Your Life, The Transformative Power of Genealogical Regression, today. Just go to pastlifelady.com, click on the book link, and check it out. Thank you so much.